0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents
1: Chalk Talk. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean that really got out of hand fast.
2: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Friday edition of Chalk Talk. Here on the World Wide Sports Radio Network, it is Friday, May 31st, 2019. It is beautiful out. You cannot ask for a better day after just the crappy weather that we've been having the last week. Oh, yeah. All the rain. I mean, last night was just brutal. Oh, it was brutal. Did you you see how the rain was coming down? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was working in that. Man, I was outside. I was getting drenched. Oh, it was disgusting out. It really was.
3: It was. Terrible,
2: but it's beautiful out today. It's in the 80s. It's sunny, partly cloudy. I'm, I feel like a weatherman here, but I just have to let it be known that that's how beautiful it is outside.
3: It is nice
2: out. Um, but let's uh, let's start off with what's on the docket for today. We've got uh, game one of the NBA Finals that happened last night, and boy, were a lot of people stunned at what happened. Um, not not me necessarily because of the fact that I knew that Toronto was going to be very competitive in the series. Um, but that we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, who we think was a player of the game, although we already know who, you know, according to many people, was. And Pascal Siakam, we'll talk about him, the game that he had. I mean, just overall, the Toronto Raptors in general, how well they played last night. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about... Uh, baseball uh, and what happened in in Houston uh the other night with uh Almora because uh, that that that's a situation that definitely deserves to be talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I feel like we've talked about this before, man, yeah especially on this I feel like we've talked about it and but it has to be brought up again because something needs to be done so we're we'll, we're gonna t- we're gonna touch on that. we're gonna touch on the Stanley Cup finals uh game two. That happened the other night with the St. Louis Blues winning it in, in overtime. I don't go by Gunnerson. Uh, we got Game Three tomorrow, live from St. Louis. The St. Louis Blues actually got their first Stanley Cup Finals win in franchise history. I think it was a, what twelve tries, twelve it's opportunities. Now one in thirteen. Yep. So their first win. In the, o- of- the only team not
3: to have won a game in the Stanley Cup Finals: the Florida Panthers. Oh, that's sad. Well, they've only been once, yeah, and we're, they were swept yeah, by the Red
2: So, <laughs> No, the avalanche. I apologize. Um, but they, they finally get their first win going into St. Louis. You couldn't have asked for a better uh, bounce-back victory for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, we're going to preview a little bit the Boston Red Sox-New York Yankees series live from the Bronx uh, this weekend. Game one got rained out last night. It'll be made up uh, as part of, I believe, a doubleheader in August. Um, but that game will be made up. But tonight we got Chris Sale going up against Jay Hab uh in the Bronx. And we were just looking at his numbers, man. Chris Sale is one and six on the season with a plus uh, with the f- uh plus four ERA. But the, the, the stunning thing was that he has eighty-eight strikeouts compared to, to 18, eighteen walks. Whew. Jay Hab has a four and three record with an ERA over four, and he only has fifty strikeouts. Chris Sales has just been striking people out left and right. He, you know, the team just wasn't scoring runs for him as well. And he
3: struggled early on. And he struggled on. early on. So A little uh, bit of a
2: World Series hangover. Yeah, a little bit, but seems to be mounting back little by little. Uh, I'm also going to talk about, and I know, Big Mike, that doesn't really pique, pique your interest, but uh, we got the Champions League final tomorrow, which is going to crown the – Ruler of the European world in terms of club soccer. Okay, it'll be uh, Liverpool going up against Tottenham. Uh, that game's at two o'clock, I believe it is. So big, gonna... li- big Liverpool guy. Who me? Why? No idea. Okay, I like the name better than Tottenham. <laughs> nah, Tottenham. I think is okay. is where we need to go. Liverpool right. rival of Manchester United can't have that happen. Oh, so yeah. I'll, I'll touch on that before we go. <laughs> before we leave the show for the weekend, I'm going to touch on that a little bit. But let's start off with – let's go with game one. All right, let's go with game one. NBA Finals last night, the Toronto Raptors against the Golden State Warriors in Toronto. Uh, Toronto hosts game one and game two because of the fact that they had the better record at the end of the regular season uh, over the Golden State Warriors. And um, obviously Kevin Durant missing is – sort of headlines right it's it's the main thing that's being talked about right now and um let's be honest they could have used him last night uh but they got back boogie cousins which is something that uh you know people were talking about for a long time for the last what 14 15 like two three weeks or something like that yeah boogie cousins coming back boogie cousins coming back he finally makes an appearance last night doesn't do too bad he has some opportunities he had some he definitely had some. He didn't look right. He didn't, he, he well, didn't, you
3: you could tell they were trying to ease him back in.
2: Yeah, but he didn't necessarily like. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it wasn't that bad of an addition to a team. No, that was of course good. not. Um, so, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. It it. It looked, it didn't look right. I, I'm, is what I'm trying to say. They looked like a team that hadn't played in a yes, week or yes. so. Yes, it, it just didn't look right. They looked sluggish to start the game. Um, the the Raptors were hitting threes, and let's just talk about the defense real quick that the Raptors played on the on the Warriors last night. It was suffocating.
3: Oh yeah absolutely it really was
2: i mean wow
3: getting in the passing lanes you know <clears throat> what are they holding what are
2: they holding 21 points in the first 21 quarter. 21
3: points in the first quarter
2: my goodness gracious when have we ever seen a Warriors team from from what they've been the last few years when have we seen him being held to 21 points in a quarter never seen it we I, I i can't recall the fact that the raptors were able to hold him to 21 points last night in the first quarter was just absolutely amazing Um but it wasn't only that. It, it, was, it, it, it was a bunch of things that happened last night. Um, but let, let, let's just move on forward. Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. A career-high 32 points last night for the Toronto Raptors in Game 1. The man was, for, at, at some point throughout the game, was 11 for 11 from the field. Yeah, you had 11 in a row. It was incredible. incredible what he was able to do he was able to to penetrate inside he was able to hit from the outside I mean everything that it seemed to that that he touched went in I mean this guy was having acrobatic layups that was hitting off high off the glass hits hits the rim goes back in Yep. I mean everything that the guy touched turned to gold last night
3: you're right he was fantastic Fred Van Vliet another one did you see the fadeaway Fred VanVleet hit oh, with yes. the shot clock? Yeah, yeah. That is ridiculous. Re- that, 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 you know it's your night when that when shot goes, yeah. out,
2: goes in. Absolutely. Chucks it up with what? Two seconds two left seconds on the clock. Left. Hits off the glass. Hits the rim R- twice. Goes in. I mean, you can't really make these make these things up. Fred Van Vliet, fifteen points off the bench in thirty-three minutes, five of How eight from the Marcus field. How about Marcus? All Marcus? I mean, the guys that we have been harping on to have big games in this playoffs for the Toronto Raptors finally came to life last night. Who came to life last night? Danny freaking Green. One of my buddies
3: tweeted out, "Hey, Danny Green's <clears throat> making a contribution in the NBA Finals. He's making the six-three-one
2: proud." <laughs> yeah, Long Island boy. Yeah, Island. absolutely. I mean, he hit four of nine from the field last night in 30 minutes. But we've been harping on Danny Green for this entire playoff. The man was not getting more than five, six points in a game. Yeah. He was getting four or five shot, shot attempts a night. And they weren't going in. And they weren't going in. But last night, my guy was four of nine from the field, three of seven from three, 11 points and they needed it and those 11 points were absolutely clutch yeah he hit a three I think it was in the fourth quarter at some point that put him up 12 yeah yeah I mean it was just absolutely incredible what we saw from the Toronto Raptors and let's and let's just put it out there Kawhi Leonard had an off night he didn't look right Mm -hmm. there was at points throughout the game that he looked a little uh, a little limpy um you know whatever leg injury he's dealing groin calf whatever it is it's, it you know there's it's bothering him there's been a report
3: him. that it's knee tendinitis well
2: exactly we don't know exactly what it is but whatever it is you know it's bothering him oh yeah but he's going out there and he's just playing right through that sometimes on one leg you know especially in basketball you need that you need those legs man especially to go up take a shot go up get a block or something like that especially the way that Kawhi Leonard plays defense it's so suffocating he's on you like paper on glue like peanut butter on jelly. I mean, it's that's just the way that he plays. He doesn't take he doesn't take moments off throughout the game. No, he doesn't. If he's on the court, he's giving you 100%. And you know that he's trying to, but it just it doesn't look right. He's hurt, but he's playing through it. And you you can only applaud him. He had 23 points last night in 43 minutes. Uh 5 of 14 from the field. You know that's not a Kawhi Leonard type of night. In but terms of he was still in able, terms of offense. But he was still able to get to the free throw line. Absolutely. He was able to get rebounds. He was able to get his assist. Got to, got to the free throw line. like Just like you said, Big Mike. He contributed. Although, like, like I'm saying, it wasn't a Kawhi type of a night. Mm-hmm. Kyle, but he wasn't Kawhi yet. No, he wasn't Kawhi. He wasn't Kawhi at all. Nah. Kyle Lowry didn't have the offensive type of a night. But on the defense, oh, he was fantastic. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Drew a couple of charges. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of blocks. A couple of big rebounds. Um, he was in foul trouble throughout most of the game. He had five fouls, especially in that fourth quarter going down yeah. the stretch. Uh, but, I mean, the guy was putting his body on the line, getting, getting blocks uh, up at the rim. Um, got rebounds, got the assist. Uh, he had six rebounds, nine assists in this game. For and only a total of seven points, but you can, you can take that from a Kyle Lowry if he's giving that giving giving you that effort on the defensive end. You could take that. Mm-hmm. I'll take that any day. Yeah, sure. Especially in thirty six minutes, he was two of nine from the field, one of five from three. So be it. Marcus sold twenty points, six of ten from the field in thirty minutes, two of four from three, seven rebounds. Key number there, seven rebounds. That's huge, huge, huge. Especially with the Warriors team like that.
3: Yeah. And
2: especially when they're playing small, and when when all they're doing is putting up shots, yeah, and you need to—that's the thing with the Warriors. You you need to limit their second chance points.
3: Yeah, and don't let them get in transition. There's so many keys, no, and, the, Ra- and the Raptors did so many things right last that, that, night,
2: that, and and that's what led them to the one eighteen and one oh nine victory in Game One of the NBA Finals. They just did the the small things they did them perfectly. Yeah, you can't really. You can't really pinpoint one terrible thing that the the Raptors did last night. And and one difference, because I'm going to go back
3: to the Western Conference finals for a minute. Mm -hmm. How often when the Warriors would make a run, the Blazers would kind of crumble. Yeah. They, they, when the Warriors would make a run last, they night, they, they, they the Raptor, came to the pressure. The Raptors didn't crumble. No, they were just no. Like, I, they, bring they, it.
2: they they cut down the lead to four, I believe, at one, at some point through through the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter. But the Raptors just kept hitting shot after shot. After that, Kawhi Leonard hits a three. Danny Green hits a three. Fred Van Vliet's putting the, putting the ball on the floor, attacking the rim at will. Mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam at like, like I said at some point was eleven of eleven from the field. Uh, consecutively between the third and the fourth quarter, 14 of 17 from the field was pa- Pascal Siakam in 40 minutes. Two of three from three. Eight he was, rebounds, five assists. He was dynamite Dynamite in this game. Yeah, Dynamite. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's just incredible how the Raptors team came out and played ball.
3: I think it was beneficial for them that – the Warriors hadn't played in a week, so they were a little... It's always that. It's always beneficial. And it always is. I, you know, I, I think the other thing was, listen, give them credit. They were ready to go out there. They had the crowd behind them. I mean, when you
2: have 20,000 packed into an arena, you're obviously going to go out there and play with the crowd, right? Yeah. But I mean, the fir- your first ever NBA Finals game in Toronto, albeit, right? In Toronto. That crowd was hyped up. That crowd was ready. You don't think these players fed off of the hell? Yeah, they did, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're gonna go out there and you're you know you're not gonna give out a poor show a poor show. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't afford that. Right. It was just beautiful to see the type of basketball that they played. played I mean, great yeah, effort. and and I mean, yes, you know, there was some, you know, the referee was uh, refereeing was sort of. I don't want to say put it under the microscope a little bit, but, you know, there were some calls that were given to them as sort of weak calls, put the Raptors on the line. But I thought I, that I went th- both ways. I, yeah, I don't think that would have made necessarily that much of a difference with the way that the Raptors were playing defense on the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just look at the Warriors numbers in this game, right? Draymond Green had a triple-double last night. Ten points, ten rebounds, ten assists. Two of nine from the field in 40 minutes.
3: He needs to shoot the ball better.
2: Uh, Jordan Bell, two points in twelve minutes. He was a starter in this game. One of two from the field. Andre Iguodala looked hurt. He looked. He did not look right. He looked bad last night.
3: Yeah, and Steve Kerr said after the game he'll get an MRI today, but he's not healthy. He he thinks he's good.
2: He's. I. No matter how. Obviously, if you're in the finals, you're gonna want to play. Even if you're not healthy, but he is—he's not doing well. He's not six points last night, six rebounds, seven assists, three of seven from the field, two of uh, in 29 minutes. He
3: just—he didn't look right. He didn't look right. No, but I think everyone's banged up at this point
2: of the year. No, yeah, but it, you know, some more than others. Oh yeah, some definitely more than others, and Andre Iguodala is one of those who's more than others. Yes. It's just they can't afford to have him out. Yeah, you already have Kevin Durant now. Who's your best player, or or you one know of your your sec- or one player. of your best players, right? Yes, you can't afford to have him out. Mm-hmm. You have a Boogie Cousins who's, I'm telling you, maybe seventy, eighty percent. Yeah, he's he's not one hundred percent. No way in hell he's one hundred percent. No, so you need an Andre Iguodala out there. Just you for need his that veteran presence. leadership. You need yeah. that presence there. Can't say the same for Steph Curry. Thirty-four points last night in forty minutes. Eight of eighteen from the field. Four of nine from three. Five rebounds. Five assists. Steph Curry typical game, man. He yeah. kept, he kept him in. He kept him in his game.
3: Yeah, he did. He did it. You knew he was going to because he's you know Steph Curry.
2: Klay Thompson, twenty-one points. Eight of seventeen from the field. Three of six from three. Five rebounds. One assist in thirty-nine minutes. Um, when he got those two going. He, I I get it, you know that that it's great to see the Splash Brothers, right? Mm -hmm. It's always great to see the Splash Brothers going. But you need more than but you need more than Splash Brothers. You need Draymond Green to get you more than ten points. Although he had a triple double last night, it just wasn't the same Draymond Green.
3: I I think we could sum it up perfectly. The Raptors role players were just better than the Warriors role players. Yes, and and, you know the stars came out for the Warriors and they were fantastic. But in order to beat this Toronto team and four times, everyone's going to need to step Jerepko, up. Jarepko,
2: six points. McKinney, six points. Kavon Looney, nine points. Boogie Cousins, three points. And, and Boogie I'll give a slight pass to. Coming off an injury, mm-hmm. first game back. Yeah,
3: but Kevon Looney, Jordan Bell. Quinn Cook, six
2: points. Sean Liminson, six points.
3: These were guys who we mentioned were big keys against Portland.
2: And and we got a call on, in our last show about how the Warriors bench isn't necessarily, um, what's the word I'm looking for? As strong? Isn't as strong as a Raptors bench. Yeah. And, and, and in this game, it was clear. Yeah, In look. this game, it was proven that in game one, the Raptors bench was much better than the than the Warriors. Yeah. Let's see the difference in game two, because I know Steve Kerr is going to have these guys prepared to go out there in game two. I, I think you got to look at some positives if you're Golden State. You didn't play your best game,
3: but you kept fighting. Yeah only lost by 9 points in a game where you could have mailed it in
2: in a for, in a game where several times you actually cut into the lead and got it really really close to within one to two possessions yeah where one defensive stop on the on the other end could have definitely changed the entire complexity of the game
3: mhm so if you just had one more guy contribute a little bit more offensively that could be a totally different game
2: the job that Nick Nurse has done for this Toronto Raptors team is just oh he's be- it's incredible it really is
3: listen I I know he's not there anymore and he's in Detroit but Dwayne Casey deserves a lot of oh credit yes for because the, the, most for, the- for, for
2: for what he built there yes and Nick Nurse you- just sort of perfected it yes it- well Kawhi Leonard sort of perfected that Kawhi
3: Leonard was the answer to the missing piece yeah so, yeah you know.
2: unfortunately you had to part ways with DeMar DeRozan but you got yourself Kawhi Leonard and you got yourself into the NBA Finals and you got yourself Game One.
3: Yeah, and, and I I don't think they'll under, not underestimate, but, but the impact of DeMar, DeRoz- DeMar DeRozan had on this team, you know, and Dwayne Casey, because their one problem in the East was they always ran into LeBron James. That was realistically the Toronto Raptors' biggest issue, was they ran into Cleveland with LeBron, and they never had an answer for it.
2: That always was the problem, um, but... Yeah, hey, listen, you know, this, the the game, for, for for the game itself, it was good. It was great to watch. It was great basketball being played. I just hate the 9 o'clock start. Yeah, it's annoying. It yeah. really is annoying. But I was able to, you know, at least catch the game, at least catch the end of the game.
3: Yeah. 8 o'clock Sunday is game
2: two. 8 o'clock Sunday? Sunday. It's because o'clock. it's Sunday. They had to push it back one hour. They had to. It's interesting, man. This is the first NBA Finals game outside of the U.S. First NBA Finals game outside of the United States.
3: Did you see the video of the Raptors fans giving it to Paul Pierce?
2: Oh, <laughs> how they <laughs> were booing him?
3: <laughs> booing him, chanting Chant, that Paul, yeah, Paul Pierce, Pierce sucks. sucks. Yeah. My favorite part about the whole thing is Paul Pierce had picked the, uh, the Raptors to win the series.
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, him, Chauncey Billups, uh, and Jalen Rose. That's right. Um, there's one thing I want to talk about, though, because oh. it, I didn't want to tweet it last night because I know it would have rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because they're all fans of this man, but all the media attention that Drake is getting is really pissing me off. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. He has no part in this. Yeah, he's on the yes, he's on the sidelines. He's, he's chanting and, and, and saying all this crap or whatever. He's a fan. But why the hell is he getting so much media attention? Be- For what? He's, he's an artist. He's not going out there. He's not putting on the shorts and the sneakers and going out there and giving you 10 minutes a game. No, he's a fan. I get it. He's your global ambassador. But what is he bringing to the table? Nothing.
3: A Dell Curry jersey, and then and a Steph
2: Curry lint from the hair
3: Uh, being put on eBay or whatever. Trash talk Draymond. I can't. It's irritating. It's it's stupid.
2: It's stupid. I've never. I have never seen something like that. Someone like that getting so much attention. Well.
3: Everyone I listen to keeps saying it's kind of like, oh, it's Reggie Miller and Spike Lee. No, it's but not. It's
2: not. Spike Lee didn't interfere in the game. Some in the game. <laughs> yeah, I,
3: I never saw Spike Lee run across the court to give the <laughs> Knicks head coach. Yeah, it, I've never seen. Win. Yeah,
2: yeah, I've never seen Spike Lee go over to Pat Riley, give him a pat on the back, or Jeff Van Gundy, and give him a hug. Yeah. No, I've never seen that. And we, yeah, we let that slide. We didn't talk about it. But at this point, it's ridiculous. After the game in the post-game conference, you saw Draymond Green had to answer a question about the scuffle yes. that he had with, with I, Drake. I loved his it response. Stu- I mean, his response. You, you call got a, that? A, you got a question about basketball? Yeah, you call <laughs> that a scuffle? I, I, no, that's not a scuffle to me. Yeah, he said some words to me. I said some words back. I didn't hear him. He didn't hear me. That's not a – no. That How was that important to the game? It's not. What's important to the game? Draymond Green had a triple-double in a losing effort. Pascal Siakam had 32 points on us, and we couldn't do anything to stop him, so we're going to have to find a way to stop him in Game 2. Kawhi Leonard didn't have a Kawhi Kawhi Leonard-esque game, and we still lost. We have to do a better job. That's the type of questions or answers that you're looking for from Draymond Green. You don't want him out there answering questions about Drake.
3: You want anybody ask answering questions about No, Drake? and
2: like I get it. Like before the game, oh uh you know, they were asking Clay Thompson, Oh, are, if you hear a Drake song, are you gonna skip it? I'm like What the hell? Are you serious? How is that relative to the game? You really want to know what they're listening to in the locker room? I don't care. Exactly. You- Who the hell cares? How is that important how is that important to the game? How is that relative to the game? He's it's on the my- sideline. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is.
3: At some point, I know the league had just spoken to him about whatever he does, but at some point he's they're going to have to do something, you would think, if this
2: gets out of hand. It won't get out of hand until a physical altercation takes place. Someone call Ron
3: Artest, or Meta World Peace. <laughs> he wouldn't stand for that. Ben Wallace. <laughs> ben
2: Wallace. Yeah. You know what I actually saw the other day? Now that we brought that up, saw the um, Reggie Miller Kobe Bryant fight. Hmm. You never seen that?
3: I don't think so.
2: At the I'll have to in L. A. It, it was later. at the Staples Center. It was after a game. Kobe Bryant and and, and Reggie Miller would just go at it. Go onto the scorer's table. And they're they're like. One has another one in a headlock. You see Ron Artest, and then you see Shaq, Isaiah Thomas, Phil Jackson. I mean, it was—it was actually pretty funny. Okay. I had never seen Kobe get into a fight. Mm-hmm. That was the first video I've ever seen of that. But <laughs> no, it was just interesting because I—I—I I, I stumbled upon that video the other day, and it
3: was—I saw Ron Artest give an interview the other day, and he was talking
2: about the malice at the palace. Ooh. That's still one of the most disgusting sights oh, yeah. I've ever seen, at a, at a sporting event. At a sporting event, Especially in the United States. So let's just put it out there because I've seen worse. But oh, I, the it, soccer fans! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even England, like South America. Um...
3: Sorry, England was
2: first place. No, yeah, no. But I mean? South American fans are yeah. wild, wild beast, man.
3: Vancouver after the Canucks lost the Stanley <laughs> Cup to the Bruins,
2: <laughs> flipping cars. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, we see that everywhere. Though. but no yeah but listen back to the game real quick before we go to break um the key the keys to that game were are the Raptors going to play good enough defense to actually stop the Golden State Warriors and that's exactly what they did Mm -hmm. that's exactly what happened last night the defense was suffocating Kawhi Leonard played great defense everybody around played great defense that and, and that, and you could tell that made a difference because Steph Curry still had 34 points and they lost. Clay yes. Thompson still had over 20 points and they lost. Everybody else around them did not contribute the way that they needed to contribute.
3: Mm-hmm. And the Raptor role players were fantastic.
2: And you tell me because I know you mm-hmm. watch most of the game, right? Yes. Did Kawhi play defense on Draymond Green? Yes. Okay. What did I say on here that, on this show the other said. day?
3: He, he did a good... Whoever they put on Draymond or whoever did, did a, a great job, great job because Siakam rotated a couple of times over, and that,
2: and that's the thing because if you put Kawhi on Draymond Green, that helps to interrupt the pick and roll. Yeah, and that's and that did a stup- and that did a fabulous job last night. I was listening to talk radio going to work yesterday, and, it, and you know I didn't I didn't really pay attention to what the question was asked, and then all I hear is Jeff Van Gundy say I'd put Kawhi Leonard on Draymond Green. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, I was sitting here two days ago, and I was saying that. Made me look like a genius. Maybe Jeff Van Gundy bugged the room. Oh, maybe he did. I wouldn't mind it. If Jeff Van Gundy's listening, he could Uh, come on. I'd love to pick his brain a little bit, especially about the fight. Why'd you go for the legs? (laughs) Why'd you go go for for the legs? (laughs) (laughs) Is it because you were a little short? You couldn't (laughs) go anywhere else. But, but Yeah. The Golden State Warriors are down one nothing going into game two, and that's on Sunday. Sunday. Um, so we'll talk about the keys to that one when we come back. All right? Sounds good, Big Mike. Sounds like a plan. All right, so we'll be back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We're gonna talk about the game two keys for the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors. And then game three will be in the Bay Area. So we'll be back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chalk Talk.
0: Yo, yo, yo listening to the worldwide sports radio network you're listening to Junk talk on the worldwide sports radio network
2: all right big Mike uh a little bit of news coming out of the NFL um, it, it it seems like uh although we already knew this Joe Douglas uh is the favorite to land uh the New York Jets general manager's position. Uh, barring a a poor interview with uh with uh with Chris Johnson. Uh that's according to Albert Breer and Sweeney Murdy. Uh Sweeney Murdy. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah, the guy writes, man. The guy writes. The guy writes. Poor but, Adam Gase. That job didn't last long for. him. No. I mean, uh, Manish Mehta. I don't know why I was thinking about Sweeney Murdy. Did Manish you see,
3: did you see the Manish Meta story from yesterday? No. What? that apparently before Todd Bulls was fired uh-huh McKagan and Christopher Johnson were holding interviews to replace him oh, before
2: they had fired him oh, son of a- <laughs> that's 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 such a de-nozzle type of a move man you're not even fired the guy yet. his body's not even cold <laughs> and and you're already holding interviews? I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of rude. I it. mean, I take it with a little bit of greatness off from Manish Mehta, but yeah,
3: it, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah,
2: so that's according to Albert Breer and Manish Mehta. I apologize for getting the name wrong because we had Sweetie Merdy on the TV before and his name kind of stuck in my head. So Manish Mehta uh, said, um, unless the meeting with uh, Chris Johnson goes poorly, Joe Douglas is going to be the next general manager of the New York Jets. I uh, just wanted to put that out there. Uh, for those of you who are interested in that. Um, But back to basketball real quick. Um, Let's just take a look at game two going ahead, right? Looking forward. That's on Sunday. Um, We saw what the Raptors can do in Mm -hmm. terms of playing suffocating defense on the Warriors. Yes. Um, Boogie Cousins wasn't that big of a... uh, contributor to this game I still don't think he'll Um, be
3: for game two either
2: uh the bench obviously did not have a great game whatsoever it was actually (laughs) poor yes it was a poor game from the bench of the Golden State Warriors Andre Iguodala is not healthy and we already know that as Big Mike said he's gonna get an MRI done uh Kevin Durant has already been ruled out for game two um so that's official he's not gonna play they've said the earliest I've read game is game four. four. That's yeah. the early, yeah. Kevin Durant hasn't even practiced yet, so that's, yeah, that's, that's what Steve Kerr said. That, yeah. that that that's without question, he's not going to be. Playing. They're going to be careful. He's, they're they're going to be very careful with him. Um. You know what you're going to get from Steph Curry, and you know what you're going to get from Klay Thompson. The, the, the thing here is you have to be able to get the other guys to, uh, around them to contribute. You have to be able to get Draymond Green to play well for you. Draymond Green, although he did have a triple-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, I understand that, but you need more, a little bit more from Draymond Green, right? So going forward – what do you what What do the Warriors need to do here to win Game Two in Toronto? Hmm. It's
3: a tough question. I, I mean, just gotta hit your shots, not be as sloppy with the basketball, and play a little bit better defense. Yeah, they were right there whole game. They were yeah, they right were. there. Yeah,
2: I mean, they were down double double digits, at but I, they were I, able at, to at fight points throughout the game. Yeah, exactly. That's the, the thing. Man. They didn't play their best basketball, yeah, that, that, and they were still in the game. That's the thing. They were able to 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 jump back and, and make this a game. Mm-hmm. There were several points throughout the game where they were up double where the Raptors were up double digits and the and the Warriors cut it down. So it's it's like you said, just hit your shots. Yep. Just hit your shots. We got a f- caller on the line, is that correct? We do. Uh uh, who's it caller? Cerrel. Uh Mr. Marks.
1: What's going on, Mr. Renee? How's it going,
2: buddy? I haven't called your show in a while and I watched last
1: night's game. I was actually watching it with home stretch. Uh, and it was uh, an incredible game, and I, I got to tell you guys this: when you look at Golden State, and Golden State's been dominant ever since Kevin Durant has gotten hurt. They've not lost a game since last night in any of the series. They, they ran through Portland. They practically went, when Kevin Durant got hurt in the round. The round before that, they ran through. They ran through that uh, against the Rockets. It just to me. I think when you look at the, the size difference and the ability of guarding the inside perimeter of of their game and the way Toronto played against the 76ers and what they uh, – uh, not the 76ers, I'm sorry. Oh, it was the 76ers. What they, what Toronto did against the 76ers, you see the difference on what they can do around the perimeter. You stop You stop them. And you can't stop Steph Curry.
2: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's impossible. You're
1: not going to stop it. You're, you're not going to stop them. And but you if you limit Draymond Green, Igwadawa, Livingston, and obviously Clay Thompson, you can win the game. And you need second tier offense. Now, Leonard did not have a good first half of the game. He, he didn't. Did. He didn't play very well. But they got great play by Lowry. They got great play for their second tier players. And and I said the most important player in this series is going to be Ibaka. and when they needed a big block in the third quarter they needed a big block in the fourth quarter they were getting it from Surge, and I think the size difference could really benefit them if Kevin Durant doesn't come back so I think they're going to need Kevin Durant in this series I absolutely believe Golden State's going to need him if they do not get Kevin Durant back I think this can go seven games and I think Toronto could win
2: I think I, I agree with you on your points um I, I also think that that, that the ra I, I knew from the start that the Raptors were gonna be very competitive in the series. Mm-hmm. I, I and and I said it, I think this can go I think this will go six. Um I never really chose who was gonna win this series because I don't <laughs> my my track record with uh making <laughs> making picks is terrible. <laughs> so I'm not gonna pick who wins. But you're a kid l- fan, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Don't> so. <lie>. <laughs> <laughs> so hey listen, you know, if you get contributions, like you said, if you get contributions from the second-tier guys, those being the guys off the bench, you're going to probably win this game. And that's something that the Warriors did not get at all. You didn't get those contributions. We named the guys off. No guy was above nine points coming off the bench for the Warriors. You had a guy like Fred Van Vliet who had 15 points last night. Serge Ibaka, like you said, coming off the bench making key blocks. Um, and then you also brought up, brought up the perimeter game for, for, for the Raptors. I mean, Pascal Siakam can hit him from deep. Marcus Soule was hitting him from deep. Danny Green's hitting him from deep. Everybody around on the Raptors was hitting shots last night. And that was huge. That was big because if you got if you got guys like Marcus Soule not hitting shots, Pascal Siakam not hitting shots, you look at it that way, the Raptors aren't winning this game, yeah. no matter who was on the going, floor.
1: They're going to take Leonard out of the game. They're going to do everything they can to keep Leonard under 30 points. He had 24, 25 points. I'm not. I'm not sure, 20, Yeah, 23 20, points. Yeah, 23 points last night. 23 points. So he had 23 points. He's been averaging close to 30 points a game in every one of these series. So if they can keep him under 20, I mean, if they can keep him under 30 and make their second-tier players die, have to play and have to play hard, well, then you know Golden State has the advantage. But I'll tell you this right now. Toronto is, to me, one of the most underrated defensive teams in the NBA. Oh,
2: their defense sure. is just incredible. It, it's suffocating. The type of defense that they and, play. And a
1: rookie coach, a rookie
2: head coach. And the who has- and the thing that I was saying before, I, I was saying this two days ago. The best, the best route here is to put Kawhi Leonard on Draymond Green. They did that last night, and look how that turned out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that you put you you put your best defender on one of their best players. That, that affects the pick and roll situation that the Warriors usually find themselves in. To get that pick and roll, you get that man open. He hits a shot. That man being Steph Curry or if, or or Klay uh, Thompson.
1: If Toronto, if Toronto wins Game Two, I think Toronto wins this series. If Toronto mm-hmm. wins Game Two, they're going to go back to Golden State. I think they can pull out at least one win in Golden State. And remember, they only have to play in Golden State three out of the three out of the seven games. yeah, yeah. They, they have the home field advantage. It gives them the advantage. So if they win game one and game two, they they stay put on home on home court, and I think they can win at least one game in Golden State. They won they won one game in Golden State this year, so they're quite capable of beating Golden State. And by the way, they beat them with Kevin Durant. So I do believe Kevin Durant is coming back in the series. And I also said if Boogie Cousins come back in, comes back in the series, it's not going to benefit them. It's going to make it worse for them. I just. Boogie is not—he doesn't fit that offense. He doesn't. He's a guy that demands the ball, and he's—he's he's a guy that's more of a number one and number two right now. He's a number four, and he—and he, to me, I, I know everybody's gonna say he only played like 12, 14 minutes. The the longer the
2: series goes, the more Boogie is going to play. The thing with me and, in, in in regards to Boogie, I think they were more keen on bringing him back because of his size. Yeah, I think. I, I, I th- I think that's where their need f- to bring him back came from, especially now with Kevin Durant down and hurt and not playing for uh for the next two two games. I want to say because going into We've game two he's out. Basically they're four, basically yeah. saying that he, he he'll probably come back for game four if that if anything. So I think that's where their need of bringing Boogie Cousins back came into play. Other than that, I, think I don't I think, think they they would have played him.
1: I think Kevin Durant is coming back in game three, especially if they go down too long. If they go down too long and they go back to Golden State, I mean they're in a load of trouble. And I, I think, I think right now Toronto has the edge in this series. And I told this to Tyler. Tyler thought they were Golden State was going to sweep them. And I said,
2: No, no, no. Play. Well, Tyler has Tyler has a knack for saying some outrageous crap. He really I know, does. I know, oh,
1: I know. Geez. Tyler, Tyler said that he's dead, that Golden State is going to sweep them. He has a bet. And I said, I, I'm, and I told this to Speedy before the, the game started last night, if Toronto wins this game, this series could go seven. And he said, and Speedy says, I agree with you. So uh, Tyler had no thought in his mind that Golden State was going to lose one game in the series. Then again, win, lose the first game of this series. So uh, I think that Toronto, you, you heard the fans, you heard what Drake did at the end of the game. You saw what he did to Draymond Green. He got him. He, he got
2: him up. He was wearing a Curry jersey with Toronto with with a yeah, that was Toronto. Del uh, Del, Del, Cur- Cur- a Del Curry jersey signed by Del, Del Curry.
1: Curry. Del, which I which I was telling because Tyler thought that was a Steph Curry jersey trying to point <laughs> Steph. Think, no, that's Del. That's Del. Del. played his last his last team he played for in his career was the Toronto Raptors.
2: Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. so I think he was you know he, and then you saw he, he said something. He said something to Draymond. It got Draymond wounded up at the end of the game. That he, he he didn't even want to talk about it at his press
2: conference. That's the last and, thing you want, though. I think in my yeah. in my mind, that's the last thing you want. You you don't want to get these guys riled don't, up. Don't poke the bear. Yeah, don't poke the bear. Because if there's any team on this planet that can win four games in a row, it's the it's the, it's the Golden State Warriors, and and they can do it at ease. They could do it with so they, much ease. So. I, they, and I don't, he re-entered his calf injury. I don't know if you're going to see Iguodala again in this series. Uh, I no, really it, don't. It, it, lo- it looks bad because Andre Iguodala, it, as much as he isn't really looked at as one of those key players, he plays a huge role in the team, and he's sort of like the engine that gets this thing moving.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He's great defensively, yeah. and he's
3: an important leader on that team. So bad yeah, free-throw
2: yeah. shooter, but that's besides the point. <laughs> it, right?
1: is, it is. is probably their best all-around defensive player because he can defend not one, not two, not three, but four positions. Everybody says, well, Draymond Green can do the same. Draymond Green cannot stop a point guard on another team. I'm sorry he can't. He's not fast enough. They are not quicker quick enough feet to stop a point guard on another team. We've seen him defend point guards, but he doesn't stop them. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I, I think that Iguodala is the guy that you, you've seen over the last... Even the last couple of championships, Iguodala was a big part of why they won those championships because he defended the best perimeter shooter on each team. Iguodala so, was
2: even a finals MVP. Yeah, he was.
1: Yes, he was. Yes, he was. So I, I think if they lose Iguodala, that's Kevin tough. Durant, there's a quite possibly, they're saying Kevin Durant might not even play in this series. Yeah. He might not even play. So if that happens, if
2: that happens, I, I think the, the advantage goes to Toronto.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: 100%. 100%. 100%. And I, I, I would, And all those Golden State Warrior fans, which are a lot of fake
1: ones, let me tell you, a lot of fake <laughs> Golden
2: State Warrior fans. The, I mean, we, we, have to, we live in the age of the bandwagon fans, man. That's just what it is. Yep. Yeah, that's true.
1: It's not even, it, it, sucks. it sucks because, we, you know, I growing up, the, you know the eighties and the nineties, and I, I'm a little bit older than you guys. I'm I'm 37
2: years old. Yikes! No, and, I'm just kidding.
1: And um, watching sports, I was always a team fan. It didn't matter who was on my team. Yep. what player was on my team, even if I hated that player, and he went to my team.
2: I would always root that player on. I would always absolutely. Root that player on. Nowadays we um, just nowadays we have we have people or you know. You know the younger kids. Oh, I'm a fan of LeBron James. Oh, I'm a fan of Kevin Durant. Oh, I'm a fan of this. They just follow the player wherever he goes. Not me. Not me, man. I grew up in an age where you root for a team, and if they suck so bad, you still root for them. Well, we root for the Knicks. Yeah, so we yeah, understand exactly. That. And you root for the Mets, so you know.
3: Yeah, I also root for the Dolphins. I know. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I forget about that. That's terrible. I know.
2: <laughs> Errol, now now that you're on the phone, I, I kind of want to. Uh, want to ask you a question because I brought this up before that Joe Douglas was uh essentially lined up for the uh general manager's position of the New York Jets. Um you being a fan you being a fan of the Jets, right? A big time fan of the Jets. How do you feel about that move if it if it actually happens? Well, what was the, what was the question? I'm sorry. Uh Joe Douglas, he's he's pretty
1: Welcome. M- Mikeam. Like Guys are uh- He's a genius when it comes to drafting players. He really rebuilt that Eagles, that Eagles team. One of the main reasons why that Eagles team brought Foles back. I mean, the story's coming out from from Philadelphia. Nobody talks about Joe Douglas and how important, how important he was to that organization. He is, you know, he came from the Chicago Chicago Bears. Look at the look at the drafts that he had. He's the one who drafted. He was one of the main reasons why. Um, Leonard was drafted uh, so the, these, these guys the, I, I understand that just because they look like they're masterminds from other organizations they don't understand why it might not work for that organization the problem with Mike McCagnin and I said this over and over again and I said this on my show I said this on other people's shows that I called up Mike McCann has been a terrible drafter he just never drafted right now, he, Sam Darnold fell to him. He moved up. He had to move up. He gave up a, a lot of draft stock to get Sam. He got lucky. He fell to him. So you have to look at it that. And if Sam Darnold turns out to be the quarterback that a lot of people think Romo and Steve Young believe he's going to be, well, then you have to say that the guy that drafted him was, was Mike McCagnin. He drafted Leonard Williams. He fell to, Leonard Williams felt to him in the first round. Leonard Williams has really, ever since Wilkerson got hurt, and Wilkerson was a let go, and 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 Richardson was gone, Leonard really, uh, Leo has not really developed into the player a lot of people thought he was going to be. Jamal Adams fell to him at number six. Yeah. Jamal Adams should have been a, a top three pick. The fact that Jamal Adams fell to him was a catastrophe for a lot of these organizations, and as Jamal Adams, and Jamal Adams is still a very young player, as he grows into the position, he becomes one of the great Safeties we've seen in a very, very long time. The teams will go back and say, Why didn't I drafted Jamal, ah, Jamal. just like Derwin, uh, Derwin James got drafted this year, mm-hmm. and Derwin James looks like he's going to be a star as a safety in the league." But the only draft pick I liked that he drafted, besides in the first round, was Marcus May. And the problem with Marcus May, is he can't say healthy. healthy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. I mean, uh, all the other draft picks he's had. Jordan Jenkins, he's a good pass rusher. He can't stop. He can't defend a one-on-one. He's a linebacker who can't defend one-on-one. I mean, come on. You're playing in the league. Quinn, Quinn Williams fell to him. Yeah. Quinn Williams fell to him. Okay? I think Quinn Williams could be. A lot of people are comparing his game to Reggie White. I don't know what he's going to turn into. I mean, he dominated for Alabama, and a lot of people say he was probably, because of his the way he stayed healthy and, and the way he played, this past year, he was the best defensive player in the draft, but he's got to prove himself. Just like Leonard had to prove himself, and let's be honest, Leo has not. Leonard Williams has not turned into the player. Now, adding the Quinton Williams to that defensive line, it's definitely going to benefit Leonard Williams. Absolutely, Leonard Williams is going to be expecting a big time contract after this year,
2: and I don't know if Gase is going to give it to him. No, so, he 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 definitely has to show up this year. This year is sort of his... I don't want to say his make-or-break year with the Jets, but it's it's, that an important it's a very important year for Leonard Williams. It really and, is. And Chris, and Chris Herndon fell to him, too. Chris Herndon, the reason why
1: he fell out of the second round, a lot of people thought he was a second, late second, early third-round pick as a at the tight end because he couldn't run his 40 at the combine. Yeah. And because he, he just came back from a knee injury. Chris Herndon is going to, and I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm a Jets fan, he is going He's to good. be one of the most explosive, tight ends in this league this year. He's good. You're going to see him. You're going to see him grow this year with Sam Donald. He will be Sam Donald's, if not number one, number two target this year. The kid has a tremendous amount of speed on the outside. Everybody talks about, well, where's his number one? If Herndon turns out to be the tight end and he's supposed to tight end, that a lot of people see in him, and he
2: made some unbelievable grabs. Oh, that that, that uh, grab against the Packers, that one-handed, that one-handed grab that turned into a touchdown was just, I mean, you definitely saw it from Chris Herndon. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he's a special
1: player, and he made the all-rookie team, too. Yeah. So, uh, he's, he's a special player. I, I just, going back to Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas has been successful everywhere he's gone as a talent evaluator. So was Mike McCagnin. Now everybody says Mike McCagnin, he was a good talent evaluator. He knew how to find players. He found players for Texas. He was part of the Texans when they got J.J. Watt. He was a big scout for that organization when they drafted J.J. Watt. And they found this guy. They found that guy. He's merciless. He was a big part of uh, of drafting merciless and, and all that other stuff. So the problem with McCagnin is he didn't deliver as far as drafting. And I think the most important part of being the GM in this league is drafting in the later round. Something the Jets have not done. As a matter of fact, the two worst teams in the last 30 years in drafting past the third round are the Jets and the Giants. So,
2: <laughs> that's
1: saying a lot. That's if, saying a lot on where the Jets and the Giants have been. The Giants have won two Super Bowls, no question that they have, in the last 30 years. The, the Jets Giants haven't have. won anything. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and, and and the Jets... They spent a lot of money. You saw me that. And I, I, I'm sorry. I like what Adam Gates is doing. I like that he's taking shots at the press. I like that he says that whatever you're hearing is not coming from my mouth. I like what they're doing. I don't like what Christopher Johnson did doing it when he when you
2: let Mike McCagden make the moves, make the free agent moves. That make, that was uh, the thing. That that was the main problem there. If you're going to fire him. Fire him right away. Just make it a package don't, deal with Todd yeah. Bulls. Don't let him make decisions that can affect the organization later down the line, like draft picks or free agents. That that was the that was the bad move there. That's the beef that it I was. had.
1: It was. And you want to know something? You want to know something? As a Jet fan, I, I, I don't think it's going to mean anything that he fired Mike McAgnon now. If the Jets win or they win this year or they get into the playoffs, it doesn't matter what he did. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's news. It's a story right now, and football right now is dead until OTAs. OTAs start in a couple of weeks. Once OTAs open up, and Hard Knocks is around about to begin. By the way, who is going to be
3: who's going to be on Hard Knocks this year? Nobody. It never came out. They're still deciding. Yeah. They're down to like the final four. I know the Raiders and the
2: Lions are among those teams. I know the Niners have been ruled out for uh, Hard Knocks.
1: I would have liked, liked to see the Jets. I really.
2: would. No, I saw him once. I don't need to see it again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to me, it's very, very interesting this year. You have two superior coaches, two alpha males in that locker room.
2: Yeah, Greg Williams and Adam Adam Gase.
1: And Greg Williams. Mm -hmm. And both of them are going to... And and everybody said Adam Gase didn't hire Greg Williams, which is a lie. Adam Gase was the one that hired Greg Williams. And I think that... It could benefit the organization that these two guys are going to be controlling the defense or the offense, or it could hurt the organization. Mm -hmm. The reason why I think it's going to benefit the organization is because nobody has been held accountable for the last, I don't know, 30 years since Bill Parcells. You talk about Rex Ryan. He's a player's coach. Eric Mangini Mangini was not a player's coach, but he was only there for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. He was gone, so we can't even talk about Eric Mangini. Okay? So all these coaches, Herm Edwards was a player's coach. Uh, You look at Todd Bowles was a player's coach. All these guys that we've gone through as head coaches in the last, I don't know, close to 30 years are all been player's coaches. And they were all defensive coordinators. Now we have an offensive coordinator, a guy that doesn't take any crap from his players, and he is absolutely willing to trade off players if they're not doing what he wants. Mm-hmm. And all those stories that were coming out that they were thinking about moving Le'Veon Bell after giving him that long-term deal, what a crock of you don't want. And he mm-hmm. even came out and said it was a crock. Why would, you, why would you trade off arguably one of the most explosive offensive players the league has seen in the last six years after giving him, uh, to me, underpaying him, okay? You underpay him. You pay him $13 million a year. If he went back to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was going to give him 14 and a half. They were going to give him 14 and a half, which was going to give him the second biggest contract in NFL history for a running back. He took less money to go to the Jets, and he wanted to go to the Jets. And if you know the story behind Le'Veon Bell and his career, which he said it when he was doing it at his press conference, he grew up a Jet fan. His favorite player growing up was, was who? Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin. So he, he followed the Jets his whole his whole, uh, his whole family were Pittsburgh Steelers fans. He grew up a Jets fan. That's not a lie. So, he wants to come to a team where he has a chance to win. This defense, I don't know what you guys have seen. This defense could be very explosive.
2: Oh, very I think explosive. so as well. I, I, I think so as well. And I think the offense is definitely going to take a step in the right direction. But, um, Errol, we got to go to break, man. I appreciate the call. Thanks, guys. Great show. Take, right, it, easy. take it easy. All right, so that's our remarks. The... Uh, the head honcho at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, so we're going to go to break, Big Mike. When we sure. come back, we're going to touch on uh, Major League Baseball um, and the situation that happened in Houston uh, where Al Mora hits a shot uh, down the line, uh, a foul ball, and hits a, unfortunately hit a young fan. Uh, so we're going to touch on that. Uh, also the Stanley Cup Finals and a preview of the Red Sox and the Yankee series from the Bronx tonight that gets underway. It's supposed to get started yesterday, but it got rained out due to the uh, crappy weather, as I said earlier. (laughs) 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 So, we're going to touch on those things when we come back at the start of the 3 o'clock hour here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chalk Talk.
0: You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're listening to to Chalk Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
2: Ah, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to the we three o'clock you. hour. Absolutely. We missed you in these five minutes that we were gone. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the three o'clock hour here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This indeed is Chalk Talk. I'm Renee Canales, joined into the studio by our producer, Mick Mike Rifkin. I- I'm still laughing about that comment from Rosenberg. <laughs>
3: Oh, what? Which one? The, the, the whole Stephen <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Spoke
2: man, Spoke to all the big shots except, except for, for one. Hey, did, you did you guess? guess <laughs> <laughs> um, big Mike, a little bit of breaking news out of the NBA world. Uh, has nothing to do with uh, the, the Golden Files. State Warriors or or the Toronto Raptors. It actually has something to do with someone who's playing in the game. Um, but the Los Angeles Clippers were fine for tampering. <laughs> um, the NBA fined the Clippers 50K for Doc Rivers' recent comments about Kawhi Leonard. Come on. Yeah. Oh, my. The stupidity that is tampering. Um, also, some news out of the NBA that I actually totally forgot, but I was heated when I saw this earlier. Heated. Was this what we were talking about in the break or no? What? what? The Rockets? No no, 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 no. I don't okay. give a damn about Mike D'Antoni. Um, but we'll bring him <laughs> up, too. Um, no, they just brought it. Uh, he, my, uh, So we're listening to Michael K. Uh, here in the studio. He brought up the Knicks. I had totally forgot that the Knicks had some news in, uh, today. Did mm. you see the story that the Knicks were considering training out of the third spot in the draft? Yes. I think I saw Ian Begley. What, tweet what kind of stupidity is going on? If that happens, I'm smacking the crap out of somebody. I'm smacking somebody. I'm presuming that person might be me. because I'm No, the closest, I would I'm never the, do that to you, to you, nah, so Big Mike. I'm the closest
3: person to you.
0: No, Big Mike, I would
2: never do that. I would never um, do that to you unless it involved the Dolphins and the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Knicks have explored moving back in the draft, trading the number three pick for the eight and number ten picks from the Atlanta Hawks. Could that be a
3: precursor of maybe New Orleans wants two multiple draft picks? F- graphics? I don't out of know. Anthony
2: Davis, I don't, I don't know what to think of that because that also has me thinking that. All right, the the, the Knicks are doing their due diligence on Cam Reddish. Um, they were bringing in Jarrett Culver. Culver won't be there. Anymore. No, no, but I'm yeah, saying like they're yeah. doing their due diligence and bringing in these guys or, and meeting with these guys that I they, don't know. It it kind of has me a little. Worried? Yeah. Because everything is lining up, right? We didn't get the number one pick, but we got the number three pick. Right? Mm-hmm. We have the two max spots. If, <sighs> if if this happens, I'm going to lose my mind. I am going to utterly lose my mind. I don't know what to think. But that, that, that was some of the news coming out of the NBA world. Also, that came out was... Uh, the Houston Rockets and Mike D'Antoni have ended their contract extension negotiations um, with Mike D'Antoni's uh, agent calling the Houston Rockets saying, we're not talking anymore. I am going to pl- uh, I'm going to coach out the final year of my contract, and I already know who's on the phone. So let's just bring him in now. Jeff from Tampa. How's it going, Jeff?
0: Renee, I saw your tweet, and I was waiting for you to bring this up. And I'm curious <laughs> as to why that you think it would be stupid to trade out of three for eight and ten.
2: Because at three, you can actually get a transcendent star, a a a a player that can actually take your organization to the next level. That being R.J. Barrett. I believe
0: R.J. Barrett is a trans. So you think? R.J. Barrett, because if you look at most mock drafts, right, most mock drafts, most, it has Cam Reddish getting to at least 10, right? So you could take yeah. Cam Reddish and then get a point guard like Romeo Langford also to fill out your team, and you think somehow R.J. Barrett is such a, transi- a transcendent talent that you think he's going to have a better – number one, I'm not sure he's going to have a better NBA career than Cam Reddish anyways, but then getting Cam Reddish and Romeo Langford – I think that that would well, be a very smart decision for the New York Knicks, who need a point guard and a shooter.
2: Well, transcendent star might have been a strong term because there is no transcendent star outside of Zion Williamson at this point, right? Your Zion. word, not mine. No, no, I'm saying it could, it might, it might have been taken as a stronger word than what I wanted it to be. But at number three, you're going to get a franchise change-altering uh, player at that point. Where was, where was
0: Steph Curry drafted? Seven. Well,
2: seven. The Knicks would have gotten him at eight if it wasn't for the Golden State Warriors. But right, and if, and if people were to <laughs> redraft that draft with
0: Steph Curry, do you think he still goes seven?
2: No, but yeah, it's different now because the guy is an uh, absolute superstar. He's one of the best players You're, in the world. You Obviously can not.
0: still get stars. You
2: no, know, I know man. that. I know that. I know that. But you have the opportunity here at number three to pick a player like that. Right? I mean, I, 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 for me... Moving out of three, and I get it. You're getting a multiple. You're getting multiple picks here. You're getting eight and ten. You're getting two picks out of this. If this so, if this somehow happens, I just I don't think that's necessarily a, the best idea here. Mm. I don't.
0: I mean, here, here's here's like the thing for me. Right?
2: And I get and I get what you were I, and I get what you're saying. And I'm not saying you're 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 wrong about that. I I absolutely am not. But that's just to mean, me.
0: He, And I'm curious uh, because I think that this is the way this draft shakes out, right? Mm -hmm. I think there are two players in this draft that are better than everybody else or perceived to be better than everybody else. And then there's uh, 15 guys that you can make a case for that could be the number third pick in the draft. Right? Like, there's two guys you really want, and then there's a bunch of guys that are kind of muddled in that mix afterwards. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: For for me, it's. You're
0: not necessarily getting uh, at three. R.J. Barrett, I don't believe, is like. And I love R.J. Barrett. I don't want you to think like I don't like R.J. Barrett, but just the thought of getting Cam Reddish and like a Romeo Langford, I think is too good to pass up.
2: I. I understand what you're saying when, when in terms of you're saying that the, the two top guys are 1A and then there's 1B and there's yeah, everybody else.
0: And Moran, yeah. Right?
2: Those I'm are the sure. 1A guys. Those are 1 and 2, 1A guys. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you guys agree with that?
2: Yes. 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 That's 100% right. agreeable. If you don't agree and with then, that, then you're and stupid. Then
0: you could probably name four or five guys that could be the third pick. Yeah, he's not
2: wrong. He, yeah, he no, I know, wrong. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I, I know he's not wrong. That's what I'm saying. I know he's not wrong. But for me, that's somebody who who has dealt with the atrocity, has dealt with the ineptitude of, of an organization that can't get anything right. If you have the opportunity to draft somebody at three, take that opportunity. Don't draft out. My? Listen,
0: as a Knicks fan, I understand what your feeling is on that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's a, listen, it's been a long-running tragedy. I would. Me look at it as a chance to have like some insurance because you have a better shot at hitting on one out of two guys than one out of one.
3: My biggest curiosity is what would what does Atlanta really want at three to pair up with Trey Young? Who who's the guy they? Want? I mean, it's
0: got to be RJ Barrett, right? Because he's you know he's a shooting guard now at that point or a small forward or what you know. I mean, he's kind of a guy with no position, right? So yeah. I mean, Trey's going to play the point guard and they get another
2: score. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, at the end of the day, the Knicks are going to nick. That's just what it is.
3: It always happens in the, the next time.
2: The Knicks are going to nick, the Mets are going to met, and the Jets are, ju- are going to jet. I
0: don't think it's as crazy as your tweet made it sound like you wanted to smack everybody for this.
2: No, this it,
0: it's not. No, one it, because it's, you're getting the best player.
2: It's more of that I am going to be angry about it until something actually good comes of it. That's just what right. it is. and then
0: in five years, when when Cam Reddish is just knocking down every three he looks at, you're going to go. That was the greatest trade of New York Knicks history, right? And you're going to totally forget you were like, "What a dumb move."
3: Maybe.
2: <laughs> but until you're, that happens, I'm still going to be mad about it. <laughs> you're you're going to be that ten-year-old
0: crying when Porzingis was drafted. Isn't oh no! Knicks here with his shirt on, cheering for him.
2: No, no, no! I'm just going to have a bag over my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I mean, actually.
0: It, you, you, do you th-
2: do you think I'm actually going to let the world see me cry? Like hell no, man! I'm going to wear a bag over my head.
0: I mean, but honestly, I do <laughs> understand like your, you know, the frust- I mean,
2: it's frustration. It's frustrating, yes. With the Knicks. Yes, no, no, that's no, no. what I it
0: totally, is. I totally get that, but at the same point, you know, this is supposedly a new front office, so you got to like let some of those bad feelings wash away and try to. You know, come into things with an open mind with the new regime. See, I realize that's hard, but, yeah, I mean.
2: You see, the thing with me, right, because you said it, it's time to sort of let things go. There's a new, there's fr- there's a, there's a breath, breath of fresh friend, air yeah. when it comes to the New York Knicks with Scott Mills. And, Steve uh, it Mills. Was, and Steve Mills and Scott Perry. I, I don't know why I always do that. Same crap, whatever, right? <laughs> but until I actually see something happening in terms of positivity when it comes to the Knicks, I'm not going to believe anything. Which is why whenever I hear Kevin Durant's coming to New York, Kyrie Irving's coming to New York, no, it's a foregone conclusion, 100%, 95%. I don't care about that. I don't believe you. Until it happens. Until I see pen to paper jersey being held at the press conference, I'm not going to believe crap. So you know what? I'm always going to think negative.
0: I'm always I'd be pretty disappointed too when the biggest signing you guys had in like twenty years was Amari Stoudemire. Yeah,
2: like I'm, 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 I'm never gonna believe until I actually see it. So I'm always gonna be thinking negatively about it. I
0: just don't think it's as crazy as you're trying to turn it into.
2: It's not. I think that's
0: it's pretty good value. Eight and ten for three. That's, it's not that's that. It's, to me.
2: it's not that I'm saying it's crazy. I'm just saying that for me personally, if you have the third pick, make the damn pick
3: we make making it in a deal for Anthony Davis. Say I mean,
0: it. It's not. I mean,
2: uh, yeah, ish. I guess you could say that. It's not necessarily a slam dunk that RJ Barrett's going three. Yeah. No,
1: but right,
0: but that's what I'm saying. It's you know, everyone knows Zion is is the best prospect. Everyone's saying Ja uh, Ja Morant's the second best prospect, and after that, it's really, really muddled.
2: That's why your best bet, your best option, was going either one or two. That's why it was it, it, it was insanely um, important oh. in, important that the Knicks get one or two, which is why it's sort of to me it was still sort of disappointing that the Knicks got three. Well. The, the, they couldn't get
3: one or two because the Rangers got the number two Shut pick up. and they couldn't can go yeah. to hell.
2: <laughs> get out
0: of here, Big Mike! Are you saying to there's some sort of like New York curse that happens? Like it's like it's like a Seinfeld episode. If one good thing <laughs> happens to a New York franchise, like everything has to even out, so one bad thing has to happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: Because James Dolan <laughs> doesn't touch anything to do with the Rangers, but he's all meddled in when it comes to the Knicks. He might as well just put it out there that way that the Rangers are are the the. the the the, the better-loved child <laughs> than, than than the Knicks. I'd say that way.
0: Which, speaking of New York, by the way, Bye, great York. phone call with your, your fearless leader, Errol, Errol Mark. Ah,
2: I yes, mean, our fearless all, leader.
0: He all but like t- t- spoke up the Jets so hard that he has the Jets in the Super Bowl, doesn't he? I mean, it's unbelievable. He you, When you talk to Errol, you'd think the Jets have never done anything wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I, listen, I don't know to say. It, it, listen, if the Jets are in the Super Bowl at the end of the year, then uh, you know who's going to be happy about it. But you. that's not going <laughs> to happen. It's not going to happen.
1: I mean,
0: I mean, I get it but, it, but listening to him, you would have thought that they were the ones that had just oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> three straight Super Bowl
0: appearances, and everything's fine. We're, oh, no, firing that general manager? No, that's no problem for an organization. That's perfect for us.
2: No, why would that happen, right? It's the New York Jets.
0: Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, <laughs>
2: dude,
0: he is the most delusional Jets fan on the planet. Someone needs to get him a space outfit, because he's on the moon with some of these
2: ideas. <laughs> let Appreciate me ask you a question real quick before we let you go. Um sure. Game two, you the Bruins lose it three to two in overtime. Obviously, right? Um, oh,
0: they! I mean, just listen—disgusting performance from ten minutes of the second period on for the Bruins. Disgusting, terrible,
2: horrible. Going into Game three, you think uh, that that the Bruins turn it around, get get a victory in St. Louis,
0: buddy? Somebody, well, here's the thing: I don't know if it's Game three or Game four. I believe the Bruins win one in St. Louis.
2: Okay, that, that's just what right. I wanted to know. Yeah,
0: but I mean. Uh, listen, someone needs to uh, slap Marshand and and Pasternak and Bergeron. That top line has been, dude, uh, they're on the back of every milk carton in
2: Boston. They are <laughs> They've missing. They've gone missing.
0: They are missing, right? <laughs> um, I will say that it did not help them. I, I, I think that the Bruins would have had a better shot to win game two if Grizzlick doesn't go down. Uh, you know, missing a defenseman for most of the game was, you know, I mean horrible for their energy and for their wind and you know, I mean they the Bruins were an extremely tired team.
2: Yeah.
0: on the on the defensive end because they were shorthanded that way. But you know, here again, you got to you know, you got to toughen up. Some guys need to play more positions and and play better. No excuses. I mean, it hurt them, but no excuses. The the Blues
2: dominated the Bruins from 10 minutes of the second period on. And that overtime yeah. was just an absolute Blues Dominated. Oh, how, long four that,
0: how long was that puck in the zone before they it felt that
2: it felt like ten minutes but it was only like three it was like three <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it yeah felt, but
0: three minutes mm. in an in in attacking zone might as well be ten minutes that's
2: and don't forget like. they
3: had an extra man because there was a delayed penalty yeah oh, so, that's true. yeah, yeah very
0: right. true. exactly I mean you know the Bruins will get some help you know either John Moore will come in or camphor will come in to fill Grizzly's spot. I'm not quite sure how I feel on Sunquist getting suspended. I'm, oh, I, I hate it! I thought that was a terrible call. I think that they were. I think that they were much. Wor- Listen, you guys know this. I've been on the bandwagon all the time. That was clearly a board, and he got hurt off of that play, and that that sucks.
2: But it was a suspension but worthy. But he got suspended that, because of the fact was, that he got hurt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, but but that was much less of a headshot than Kukin's elbow on Bacchus.
2: Mm-hmm. You're right.
0: You know, I'm struggling to find the line that is suspendable and not suspendable. There
2: is no line of
3: demarcation. There is none. No, and they don't. They used to. Brendan Shanahan, when he was the head of Department of Player Safety, used to come out with a video and explain why the guy would get suspended. They don't do that really anymore. They just say,
2: we've decided to suspend this guy. Any, any Any sort of hit to the head that that looks vicious is going to be called and it's and is going to be suspension-worthy at this point. If you watch
3: that hit... but it, There's no line. It looks like Grizzly is going losing his edge or losing his balance. Yeah, that's why it looks a lot worse than and what it was. It looks worse than what it was. I, I mean, it should have been called though, as a penalty, bit. but yeah, not no, suspended.
0: Sure. It, here's the thing. It's a, it looks maybe a little bit worse than it, than it probably should have been. But here again, and this is—I'm just going to repeat something you always say all the time, Big Mike. Yeah, you see the numbers, you got to pull up.
3: Oh, I agree, hundred percent. You see, I th- mean,
0: I mean, th- at any point, did did Sunquist not see Grizzlick's numbers? I mean, did, it's, is it like Grizzly turned at the last minute? No, I mean the numbers were there the whole time.
3: No, the numbers were there. You got to find a way to not put yourself in that position of your Sunquist. It's that right. simple. It, it's not even just pulling up. Where is the respect between players to where you see the numbers, I'm pulling up, not going to go in as hard because I don't want to injure this guy?
0: I mean, forget that you don't want to injure the dude, right? Forget that whole point. You might hate <laughs> Grizzly and you might hope you murder him. Do you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. But at what point are
0: is St. Louis going to play more disciplined and stop taking such dumb penalties? Like, oh, they have to.
3: They have to if they want to they he, win the series. You know,
0: and right, it, like no one, no one making that hit thinks that Grizzly is going to get hurt on that thing. They think yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to run him, and it's going to, you know, force a turnover. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
3: yeah I got gotcha. you.
0: There's different. There's a difference between hurt and injured, in my opinion, and I mm-hmm. think that you guys would agree. So he went in there to try to put a hurting on him and not injure him, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. at the same point, with his number showing like that, you have to know that you're going to get two minutes for boarding.
3: Oh, I agree. Listen, you got to. So, go. Go Going knowing
2: it didn't cost them game two, but it cost him game one.
3: It cost him, uh, cost Sunquist game three.
2: Well, yeah, but which they, is, I mean, St. Louis won big big the game because but. if you look at
0: the Blues, Sunquist leads the team in plus minus, he's always on the ice. He, they never score when he's on the ice, and he is always on the ice when the, when the Blues are do, doing good things on offense. And I think that that really, really hurts St. Louis.
3: Yeah, that fourth line's been doing really well him, Barbashev, and Steve. Uh, I read today that it's going to be. It looks like it'll be Robert Sanford in that spot. So that fourth line will now be known as Sanford and Sons. Hmm. I mean, I, I did
0: see that tweet as well. That was extremely creative, and I'm disappointed there. it didn't come with a uh, with a gif of the Sanford and Sons. That's what you're <laughs> think like. um, But I think you know, like the difference in this series is, like, listen. I mean, and I just said it to you: no Pasternak, no Bergeron, no Marshan. If they wake up, the Blues don't have a shot. Because truthfully, the Bruins' third line and the Bruins' fourth line are so far outplaying the Blues' third and fourth lines, it's not close.
3: Yeah, Sean Corrales had a tremendous playoff for the Blue, uh, the Bruins. Him Not and even
0: Corrales. You can go Nordstrom. Nordstrom. You can go Johansson. Yeah. Johansson's been pretty good. You can go... Uh, Charlie uh, Coyle. Coyle. Charlie yeah. Coyle. Right. I mean... It's not even close. If you look at who's scoring for the Blues, it's Tarasenko, it's Shen, it's the guys that should be. If you look who's scoring for Boston, it's the who's who. of who's It's the that. depth,
2: yeah. Well, Jeff, you know, we thank you for the uh, insight there from uh, a Boston Bruins fan. I mean, hey, listen, you're not wrong. He, no. they, they need to, uh, that, that top line needs to wake up.
3: No, and they, they listen, do. they weren't even great against Carolina. They were just great in Game Four.
2: Yeah. That 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 that's I, pretty much I, I it. Will t-
0: I will you leave you with this, though, Renee. I'm I'm floating in the pool right now because it's a million degrees down here. But I want to <laughs> let you know that at seven o'clock, I will be putting on a black shirt and a black tie with a black pair of flax, And um, I'll be attending the start of the Yankees funeral tonight.
2: Uh, oh. I don't know. I don't know about that much. Uh, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Let, let's go with that one. <laughs> let's go with that one, Jeff. Uh, thanks for the phone call. Uh, it will not be a yankee fun- funeral this weekend it won't be it just won't be. you won't allow it i won't allow it <laughs> nah. but uh hey listen while we're on the topic before we go to break since you know we-, we were speaking about the hockey sure um game 3 is tomorrow game 3 is tomorrow uh in st louis uh coming off of their first ever stanley. franchise uh stanley cup victory mm-hmm. well game victory stanley yes. cup game victory let me let me clarify that Going into game three, who do you think has the momentum in this one? Is it the Blues, or do you think the Bruins can do enough to actually steal game three? I think the
3: Bruins could steal one on the road. I really do. Yeah. I, I yeah.
2: mean, at this point, it, 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 the way it's going, it might flip-flop at this point. That, I, I that's just the will. way the Blues have played in the playoffs this year.
3: Yeah. Look, I think they'll miss Sunquist because he's an important fourth liner for them. He's an important penalty killer for them. They need to find a way to get someone else scoring. I know it's been the Vladimir Tarasenko show, yeah, and he's been fantastic, but they need Ryan O'Reilly. They need other guys. Jaden Schwartz, who's had a really good playoff. He needs to score. He needs to score. They need someone outside of that top six, though. To really give the Bruins, or give the Blues a spark. And for Boston, you know, Jeff said that top line's got to be better. Mm-hmm. They have to be better.
2: It's it's only worked out for them so far because their bottom two lines, their three, their third line and their fourth line, have been so good.
3: And they give them so much energy. Yeah. You know, I brought up Sean Corrales, and he, he, you know, uh, he talked about Johansson, Marcus Johansson. I haven't seen him skate the way he has skated in, in this playoff time. since he played for the Washington Capitals yeah, in a long, in a very long time. So he's playing very well. Charlie
2: Coyle got a goal the other night on that we the power were, that play. we were watching there. On the Which, box. by the way, if we're bringing that up, jo- Jordan terrible. Biddington, yeah. Ter- Jordan Biddington, first of all, needs to stop that shot. Second of all, how do you not have a presence inside, in between the slot there? How do you not have a presence on a penalty kill? You know, I get it. You're down a man. I get it. But someone's but got Char- to take the middle of the edge. Charlie Coyle was all alone. And Charlie Coyle's
3: a guy the Blues know because of all the games he's played against them for the Minnesota Wild. I
2: mean, dude, the guy could have taken a nap in the middle there. He could have taken a nap and still would have scored.
3: And he probably would have. It's incredible. But Jordan Binnington also has to be better. He has he to stop would. that shot. Yeah. In game in, game two, he gave up a the, even the Nordstrom goal. Both of them. Yeah. They were a little soft. He's got to be better. Tuukka I thought, was good enough in game two.
2: That 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 shot by Gunnarsson in the overtime. There's not much you could really. That do was on a great. It. Screen it was a rip of a shot. Great, great screen by Trangelo. Yeah. yeah they, uh, not much you could do on that one. Um, the first goal, I believe, was a uh, was a uh, tip, on the uh, from Bortuzzo. Yeah, from Bortuzzo. Yeah, yeah that was it, a
3: great shot from a weird angle. Yeah, it,
2: it, it just beat Tukarask <laughs> where he couldn't do anything about it at that point.
3: Yeah. So, the interesting thing is going to be, you know, and I think Jeff said it before: are how are they going to replace Matt Grizzlick because he hasn't even been ruled out yet. He was in the protocol, mm-hmm. but he has not been ruled out yet. So he could still. game time decision. He could still right. technically fly to St. Louis tonight mm-hmm. if he's cleared yeah. and play tomorrow.
2: We'll see what happens. Game three will be tomorrow night on NBC. Game three of the Stanley Cup finals between the Boston Bruins and the St. Louis Blues in St. Louis. I think St. Louis wins the game. Just the fact that they're playing in front of their home crowd in a Stanley Cup final, I think. Juices them up. I think they'll, just but I think, three Bo- and four. but I think Boston will win a game in, yeah. in St. Louis. I think that's just how the series is gonna go. I think it's gonna go seven. I said it here before. Yeah. I think it's gonna go seven. But with that being said, Big Mike, we're gonna go to break. When we come back, we're gonna touch on the baseball that we get that we didn't get to touch on uh, in the in this uh in this just previous segment. So we're gonna touch on that. Preview a little bit of the Boston uh, Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees series from the Bronx this weekend. Um. And a little bit of news that I think you're going to like this. Ooh. Well, it has to do with wrestling. but Oh, okay. All right. We'll touch on that when we come back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chunk Talk.
0: It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 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 You're listening to to, to Chunk Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
2: All right, Big Mike, we're back. So uh, I said I I had a little bit of news for you, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is coming from uh, Bleacher Report. Okay. Uh, Paul Heyman Mm. announces that Brock Lesnar will cash in his money in the bank contract against Seth Rollins on Raw on Monday. Why do I feel like this is just a total (laughs) ploy in the usage
3: of? I I just wanted to say that. I really just don't care. What's with the whole boombox looking thing, man? It looks stupid. (sighs) He did it one time and it was just stuck.
2: stuck, It's stuck, right? It's something, oh, yeah, we think this is creative. Yes, because it's, it's really creative. not that creative. First of all, he's not holding it the right way. Second of all, he didn't even need it. No. So he was the one guy That in the, didn't the need to have money didn't. in the bank. Yeah.
3: You could just say, oh, we're going to give him a rematch from wrestling. Yeah.
2: Whatever. Anyways, I just <laughs> wanted to give you that. Uh, little thanks, Paul news. Heyman. No problem. <laughs> Baseball. Baseball. Because this is where we, we were going to go last segment. Yes. Uh, so when was it? Two days ago? It was Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. night. Uh is it Albert Almora Jr.? Yeah. He's in the box. Um he's in the batter's box. He's he, he he's ready to take a pitch. Makes contact. Uh this was against the Houston Nationals, let me say that. In Houston. Takes a pitch, swings his bat, makes contact. Ball goes down the line. Foul rips it. He ripped absolutely ripped it. Hits a young fan. Unfortunately, that young fan, obviously. Was hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a picture of uh, her being whisked away by somebody, and not sure if it was a dad, a brother, but it was somebody that carried her. You could see that the little girl was crying, um, in pain. Um, I know the MLB has done, you know, things to get teams to put the netting around, um, especially around the dugout, yes. uh, on both ends of the of, of the foul lines, um, but. That's not that. I don't think it's enough. It's not. It's not enough to just have them end there, right at the end of the dugouts. It's not, because these are there are instances like this one where there is no protective netting going down the line, Mm -hmm. and you have a little girl get hurt, a little girl who was probably there with her dad, enjoying themselves a wonderful baseball game in Houston with a team. That's one of the best in baseball, if not the best, two, right? Two of the best. Two of the best in baseball right now. Yeah. Right? A who fun matchup. A fun matchup. Who knows what the little girl was doing, right? She was probably enjoying a little bit of food, or she was talking to her dad, or her dad, or her brother, whoever that guy was, gave her the phone, right, to to play with it a little bit to keep her distracted, right? Unfortunately, that's not the place to do it, but I, I'm just speculating here. I don't, you know, I'm not you saying well, that's yeah, what... we don't it, know. We don't know what happened. The ball gets ripped down the line and makes contact with her. That's sad. Mm-hmm. You're putting – lives are at risk there. Literally, yeah. lives are at risk. When something like that happens, a flying bat, obviously a ball, a player running into the crowd like we saw Derek Jeter all those years ago, runs mm-hmm. into the stands, bloodies up his face. Yep. We, this happens way too often in Major League Baseball, people are getting hurt with foul balls that are ripped down the line, coming right at them at a hundred miles an hour and hitting them. Why does baseball have, do everything when it comes to analytics? Right, you're pro, you're projecting the exit velocity, the the height of the baseball, the, the the how far it goes. How come you do all that, but you can't project that somebody's going to get hurt? way down the line past the dugout. Why? And and, and, and people are complaining about within baseball, right, because the uh, attendance um, is down 1.4% from last year. Mm-hmm. People are complaining that baseball stadiums aren't getting filled up. Well, you know what? Safety is one of them. Safety Safety's- is a reason why people aren't going to baseball games. Yeah. I went to a game in, in April – Red Sox Yankees, All right? I'm sitting in the second deck. Yep. Ball gets ripped off the bat of J.D. Martinez. Ripped. That thing was coming. Not even kidding you, ninety miles an hour. At least. At least ninety miles an hour. Okay. Hits five seats from me, right? Because I'm sitting five seats from the staircase. Okay. Five five seats away from me. Chips a little bit of the uh uh, uh off of the cement from how fast it was coming in. And, and you were in the second And I was deck. in the second deck, mind you. Second deck, 13 rows back. Oof. Doesn't – can you imagine that ball being down the line, foul, mm-hmm. five rows back?
3: Yeah. Somebody, somebody's some getting moment. killed.
2: Somebody's going to get killed. Yeah. It, it, listen, you people buy food there. People buy beers there. People are on their phones. People aren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. Even though there's placards on the back of the seats, saying um, "pay attention to live balls and bats flying," blah 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 blah, whatever it is. Yes, that's not enough, man. If you really want to be big on safety, the safety of your fans, you put a netting all the way down. So you, I'm not saying to the, I'm not saying to the foul pole. Okay, I'm not saying to the foul pole. I'm saying to where at le at least past third base. Yeah, I would say go all the way to the foul pole.
3: And if a ball lands fair and it gets stuck in the netting, then just
2: ground rule double. Oh, automatic it. double. The thing here is, man, it's 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 about the safety of the fans at this point because fans are play, The fans are paying thousands of dollars, right? Yeah, you're right. May, may, maybe not, maybe not thousands, but hundreds of dollars to sit. Right down the line, right on the edge. Why? Because they want to be close to the action. They want to be able to get a, a ball that goes foul, that rolls, that rolls foul, that hits off the wall to give to their kids, to give to their kids,
3: so for their, their kids own excitement. See their heroes,
2: yeah, for their own excitement, yeah. right? You little kids, dude, little. You know, little 10-year-old dudes, man, they're going to the games to see Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Mookie Betts, yeah. J.D. Martinez, you know, just to just yeah, to name some players. Sure. Chris Bryant, who plays third base, yeah. right? Mike Trout. Mike Trout. You know, these kids, Jose L2, these kids are going to the games to see their favorite players. They're not going to the games to get obliterated by balls coming down the line 100 miles an hour. They're not. I'm. If I was a father, I'm not paying six hundred, seven hundred dollars to sit down the line, to have a foul ball get ripped at my head. Yeah. Right. I'm not doing that. And, and you also, and
3: you know, this is not to take away. You saw Albert Almora's
2: reaction, dude. He was crying. He went up to the security guard. Gave. I'm guessing in between innings after his at bat, right? Because he struck out. Mm-hmm. He was. He was so distraught. He struck out. He swung at the next pitch. He was so distraught. Pitch in the dirt. Mm -hmm. Struck out. So distraught. He was in tears hugging the security guard. In absolute tears. Yeah, he was in tears in the dugout, too. He was in tears after the game. He has two kids. He knows exactly how that person felt. He knows. And he's the one. And it's not his fault. No. It's not. It's not. not the baseball player's fault at this point. It's not. It's on, on Rob Manfred. It's on Rob Manfred, and it's on the owners. It's on the owners as well because a lot of owners did not agree with the nettings being put up. You can look back on it. Yeah, You had owners that did not want to put these nets up because they felt that it affected the fan um, participation. participation in the game, the fan interaction. And the fans, too. Oh, there's a netting. I'm not going to be able to see anything. You're going to be able to see. You're right there. You're right there. You're going to be able to see. After the first inning, that it doesn't even feel like there's a net in front of you; it just goes away. There's something needs to be done. It is ludicrous, it is blasphemous for the for Major League Baseball, yeah. for it to go year after year, hearing about people getting absolutely hurt because of flying objects coming into the stands. And hitting them at incredible speeds it is. what's the word? It is It is criminal. It's absolutely criminal that the MLB has not taken action against this. It really is. Yeah. And,
3: you know, we, we could talk about all, you know, how close they are and you have to pay attention. But you can't prepare for a ball that's being hit over 100 miles per hour. You can't. And, you know, we talk about how how many, you know, home runs are up and, you know, guys are squaring the ball yeah. n- now more than ever. They worry
2: more about the strikeouts and home runs ratio than the actual safety of the fans.
3: And they worry more about pace of play than the safety. Come on. It,
2: it, it makes no sense. It really doesn't. No, extend the extend netting. It. Extend it. Extend it to at least where... Because at Yankee Stadium, there's that territory there that goes foul, and there's a section that actually moves in towards the foul line, going down, mm-hmm. going down the line towards the foul pole. At least move it up until that corner. Yeah. So that way you don't have that right that swing of the bat, contact off the ball gets ripped right into the netting. At least you have that, right? Yeah. If there's a ball, if there's a fly ball that goes foul, fine, right?
3: Yeah, no, at that point, you, you see where the
2: ball is going. You're looking up. You see where the ball's going. Yeah, nothing but not, you could do there. There's nothing you can do there. But if there's a ball coming at you, line drive 100 miles an hour, you're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to die. And, and that's, I, don't, I don't mean to sound morbid, but somebody is going to die one day from this. And that's not what the attention baseball is no, going to I think we I think we even saw it in, in L.A. during the Mets and Dodgers. Some guy got hit by something bloody facing everything. Hmm. I mean, come on, Major League Baseball, you're a multi million, multi billion dollar company. You have to. You have to do this. It's, first of all, the Nets, putting up the Nets isn't going to cost you anything. Well, this is coming out of the owner's pockets, I think, but it's not going to cost you anything, right? Like the Yankees, for example. You're worth billions of dollars. You're one of the most expensive organizations in, in the world. hmm. You think putting up a net is going to take that down? No? I'm with you. Come on, I man. agree 100%. Come on, man. Dude, net,
3: you you got to be smart about that. The netting has to be extended.
2: You got to be smart about that. They, you have to be absolutely smart about that. And it, and it sucks that we always have to talk. We have to talk about this at least like once every year, right? So at this point, that's, and, how long it's, that's how much it's happening.
3: And you also got to feel bad for Albert Almora.
2: You feel for anybody. I mean, I right like, now you feel for Albert Almora because of the fact that he was the one that, that hit the ball.
3: And you know, he said it post game. He hopes he can have a I relationship.
2: Hope so. I hope so. I hope so too. I, I really do, because it'll make. I, I know it'll help him inside.
3: It'll help him. hundred percent would help him.
2: Uh, but you know, just wanted to get that talked about. I'm not saying we want to get it out of the way, but it's something that need to needed to it be brought to attention. It needs to be addressed. It needed to be addressed. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk about the Boston Red Sox Yankees series. From the Bronx this uh, this weekend. It they was haven't a,
3: played at Fenway, have they? They
2: haven't. They haven't. Okay. Uh, they played two games in April. At the Bronx. In, in the Bronx. Hmm. They're playing the, the, this now three-game set in the Bronx. Last night got got rained out. Tonight, J-Hap against Chris Sale. Uh, Chris Sale, 1-6. J-Hap, 4-3. Um, Big Mike, uh, I'm, I'm looking for the Yankees to go out there and at least – Now that it's a three-game series, win two out of of three from the Red Sox. That's what I'm looking for in this series. The Yankees haven't lost a series since April. They've won nine straight series dating back, I think, to April 30th. Mm. The the last series they lost was against the Arizona Diamondbacks on -hmm. that West Coast trip. Nice. Yeah.
3: I I look at the flip side. I think the Red Sox need two out of three. You think so? Uh, Why? One, you've already lost the first two to the Yankees in Mm -hmm. the Bronx. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, two, it could give you some mojo g- getting into the dog days. Yep. And I think, most importantly, it gets you back into the race. And, yeah. and the Red Sox have been playing pretty good baseball up until recently.
2: Uh, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, two in a row lost. Uh, they are 7.5 back of the Yankees right now at 29-27. and 27.
3: Yeah, so if you can win two. It's not it. It's not that it's over anyway. No, no. But you would rather be five and a half, six
2: out, yeah. as opposed to nine out at this point, right? Um, the Yankees. Even if you lose two out of three, it's it, you know it's you've kept them so far at bay that it isn't necessarily going to be the end of the world if you lose two out of three. Yeah, because you still have them at five game, five and a half games out.
3: Yeah, I, I just think it's more important for the Reds. Yeah, and
2: and and also don't forget you also have a series in London in a few weeks in June a two-game set, right? That's also very important. So at this point, you're going to be seeing a lot of the Red Sox coming through, a lot of Red Sox-Yankees series coming up.
3: Yeah. And the Red Sox, you need tonight. You need it tonight from Chris Sale. You need to back your ace. If he can give you six, seven solid innings, yeah, you know, do what you could do against Jay Happ, who's kind of been victimized a little bit by the long ball. Mm-hmm. And times this really year. Has. Yeah, he really has. So, you know, maybe the if gang a couple of games in the Bronx will get the Red Sox going. Because they need to get going.
2: Uh Alright, so uh Cole Harvey, um for ESPN. Is, um is he related to Matt Harvey? Uh n- he might be his long lost cousin. Okay. Um unofficially has the uh Unofficial, official Yankees lineup. Okay. We got DJ LeMahieu batting first, batting leadoff. Luke Voigt batting second, playing first. Aaron Hicks batting third. Gary Sanchez batting fourth. Gleyber Torres batting fifth. Kendris Morales batting sixth at DH. Gio Urshela batting seventh at third. Cameron Maben in right batting eighth. And Brett Gardner batting ninth in left field.
3: Well, Morales, I think has good numbers against Chris Sale, mm-hmm. so that's why
2: he's in there.
3: Listen, that's going to be the Yankee lineup for at least until some guys could start coming back. And we've heard righty heavy lineup. Yeah, we've heard the news on Didi.
2: Yeah, positive news. Positive news. Positive news on Didi. Pa- uh, Paxton actually came back on Wednesday. CC Sabathia is going to start on Sunday. Dylan Batanza is throwing bullpen sessions. Aaron Judge is swinging off a tee now. All positive news coming out. Mostly, yeah. haven't heard anything from Troy Tulwitzky, Troy John Carlos. I don't. Stan. I don't think you will until Dee's back. Didi, uh, Luis Severino. Haven't heard a thing from him. Um, so
3: the Yankees are getting some of the news <laughs> on the guys coming back.
2: Yeah, solid.
3: I like it, and, and that's why I think the Re- this is a very crucial series for the Boston Red Sox. In that sense, because right now the Yankees aren't playing their full deck out there. So if you could take advantage and cut into the deficit a little bit, you're maybe you get right back into it.
2: Let's see what happens. Um but yeah, Yankees, Red Sox tonight, seven o'clock start. That's game one tonight. Looking forward to it. Uh but unfortunately unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the road for us this week. It's been a great show. Thank you to Arrow Marks. And Jeff from Tampa for calling in. Your boy, Jeff. Oh, my boy, Jeff. My boy, Jeff. My (laughs) boy, Jeff. All right, so before we go, predictions. Game three, who do you got tomorrow? I've got the Bruins. Okay. I got the Blues tomorrow. Okay. All right. Game two of the NBA Finals, who do you got? The Warriors. Really? Yeah, me too. Yeah.
3: Listen, they could lose, and I wouldn't be shocked if the Raptors win that game. But I think Draymond'll shoot the ball better. I think Steve Kerr will make the adjustments he has to make. Yeah. And I I don't see Pascal Siakam having that kind of game offensively again.
2: Yeah, so sort of like what we saw from uh Brook Lopez a little bit in yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals. Exactly. But I just think Pascal Siakam is more consistent than Brooke Lopez is.
3: Well, that's why he's up for most improved player. Yeah. So
2: So I got the Warriors and I got the Blues this weekend.
3: I got the Warriors and the Bruins.
2: All right. Uh, I also have uh, Tottenham beating Liverpool tomorrow in the Champions League final. That's live from Madrid. Um, Champions League is is one of the most the Champions League final is one of like the most viewed games in in, in the entire world. It's it's. I think next week is the women's the next the week world the Orleans women's World, world, world Cup. Cup starts. Uh, yesterday the U- the United States under twenties uh, under twenty men's national team. Uh, beat Qatar one nothing to advance in the U twenty World Cup. There's a U twenty World. There Cup? There is a U twenty World Cup. Wow, look it up. I hundred b- percent believe. So I'm gonna be <laughs> watching. I'm gonna be watching that tomorrow, the Champions League final, right? What time is the Champions League final? Two o'clock, I believe, or three o'clock. One of the two. Two okay. o'clock. Uh, got the Red Bulls game tomorrow, going up against Real Salt Lake at Red Bull Arena. Gonna be on, gonna be at that one. Gonna be there live. Um. Obviously, the Yankees game, the hockey game. It's going to be a fun, fun, filled weekend with sports, man. It really is. It really is. Can't wait. Big Mike, thanks for being here today. It's been a pleasure. It has. So, we'll see you guys on Monday, same time, 2 to 4 p.m. every day here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. For our producer, Big Mike Rifkin, I'm Renee Canales. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. It's going to be beautiful out. Let's hope. Yeah. We'll see you guys on Monday. Take care, everybody.
0: It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.